Hello and welcome to the C3 Sunderland podcast. We are so glad that you're here. We're believing that you'll be filled with faith and encouraged by hope as you tune into this message today. Okay, fantastic. Well, um, good morning and welcome to um, part three um, of our series, Where Your Treasure Is. Mm. Um, I say, I do apologise, my voice mainly is um, a few octaves lower than it should be um, and kind of quite bunged up. Uh, but this this is this is pretty much the best it's going to get. So we'll just kind of can continue on from there. And today um, we are speaking about a generous heart. Yeah. So um, in this series we've been exploring the topic of money. Mm. Um, and as we've served over um, the previous weeks um, in this series, um, the aim of this series is to answer some of the following questions that are at the heart of how we relate to money and how we use it. So the first question was like, how do we see money? And how does God see money? You know, are our views of money the same as God's views of money? I find the second question really, really helpful. Like, what is money for? Like, what is our vision of what money is for? And number three, what is your present relationship with money like? Uh, we made this point in the first, uh, the first message that every single one of us, for good or for ill, or normally somewhere in the middle, some kind of mixed up stuff. We all have a relationship with money. And that relationship with money is either making us more like Christ, or actually it is forming us into an image of the world. And the final thing, the final question that this series is exploring is, what is forming your view of money right now? So what is it um, that is forming your view of money? And it's this recognition that for every single one of us, Actually, like, we are being formed by something. Um, Our view of money is being informed by something. And in some cases, our view of money is being misinformed by something. Um, And so over the previous weeks, we've explored how Jesus invites us to see money the way that he does. Um, And last week, we explored what it looks like to be a good steward of the money that God has placed into our hands. And today we want to explore um, this key area of finance, and that is generosity. Yes, very good. Awesome, cool. Do you want to say any more? No. Awesome, sorry. Carry on. Fantastic. Um, Now, to start us off, I want to quote, um, I want to quote, not the Bible. Whoa. Whoa. But um, I've been doing a lot of kind of like uh, reading around this topic, and I want to quote um, a New York Times bestseller, a writer called David Brooks, who's very interested in the way in which like different societies works. And this is what he says of generosity. And I want to read it to you because you kind of feel like, although this guy isn't a Christian, you feel like he seems to have like got a vision of generosity, which definitively links to kind of like, it would be more Christian than anything else. Here's what he says. When people make generosity part of their daily routine, they refashion who they are. Now, this quote comes from um, a book that he called The Second Mountain. (coughs) Excuse me. And in this book, he explores, not surprisingly, the second mountain, which makes us ask the question, what's the first mountain, guys? Glad you asked. Um, I'll tell you very briefly. So he talks about the first mountain, and this is the kind of mountain that is presented to all of us. 
And it's the mountain of like self-success, self-actualization, self-achievement, self-promotion, very in it's how do we create this self world where we feel that we are being fulfilled as a human self and interestingly having gone on this kind of experiment for most of his life um into his mid-30s he then got really disillusioned he's like well um, i'm successful like i'm successful in sort of like business terms um, I'm successful in terms of my family. If anyone was to look at like my life, they would all sort of say, yeah, he's really successful. But he was like, but it wasn't fulfilling. And so he then went on this journey, which is what gave birth to this book, The Second Mountain. And in The Second Mountain, here's what he argues. He argues that when we learn to live lives that are no longer self-centered, but others-centered, actually, we discover something about real meaning and real significance in life. I'm pretty sure Jesus had already got there before him. You know, those who try to keep their lives will, what's the Bible say? Lose it. But those who lose their lives for my sake will gain it. So in other words, like he is discovering already. And like I say, even though this guy isn't a Christian, I find it fascinating that there is something going on in our world and in our culture at this particular moment where we are seeking and we are searching for something deeper, something more, even when it comes to our relationship with money. And what he posits here and what he is encouraging his readers to do, he's saying, you need to learn how to live generously. Until you learn how to live generously, you won't know how to live with meaning. Now, it won't surprise you to discover the Bible got there a long time ahead of David Brooks. Um, in actual fact, the Bible has always advocated generosity. Um, Acts 2, verses 44 and 45, and this is from the NLT, um, say these words, and hopefully this should come on the screen behind me. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. And then again in chapter 4, starting at verse 32 through to 35, we read these incredible words. All the believers were in one heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there was no needy person among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone who had need. Now, Brooks makes this claim that if we actually embrace generosity, uh, it actually changes, it refashions who we are. I think, though, that what the Bible actually suggests is, is it's even better than that. It doesn't just reshape and reform and transform who we are. Actually, it reforms and reshapes the society in which we belong. One of the things that you see in the early church is the fact that actually by being generous, they create a community whereby there are no needs. Nobody needs anything because everyone is actually living out of this spirit of generosity. 
And what I love about generosity and what I love that the early church points towards is it points towards this truth that generosity breaks down barriers. Generosity has a way of breaking down like religious, social, class divides and ideas. And it allows us to build bridges and be a witness of love and compassion to all of our communities. I sometimes think that as the church, we're always looking towards, um, we're always looking towards like a spiritual answer. Whereas actually sometimes I think the most spiritual thing that we can do is something really practical. That if our spiritual reality is true, that we believe that God is able to supply all of our needs, if we believe that God is the author of all that we have, then actually that should be lived out and outworked in our reality as a generous people. All the way back in Genesis, when you see God making creation, he creates, he creates with a kind of, well, hello. Um, he creates with excess. It's not like God sort of says, oh, I think I'm going to create four animals. That should be enough. He's like, no, like God creates an abundance of animals who are different, each and every single one. He creates animals of the ground. He creates animals of the air. He creates animals that live in the sea. Like God fills every single part of his brand new creation with life because at the heart of God is someone who is generous and for me I believe that the timing of this series couldn't be more more perfect for us as a church now why do I think that and it's going to sound a bit weird what I'm about to say but follow me I believe that this series couldn't be more apt because we are actually living in a moment where money is really tight and when money is really tight, actually, what we need to understand is there is an opportunity to depend on God. Because there isn't a lot of money around. It's not like in other seasons where there, there's excess in the system. In this moment, actually, there isn't any excess in the system. So it's like, well, if there's no excess in the system, God, I pray that you enable me to be generous and I think where the Holy Spirit is positioning us as a church is he's positioning us to live with God's view of reality um, where we see things through the eyes of Jesus and that we recognize that the life of Jesus and the life of the early church is one of radical generosity and where we recognize I love this image because I kind of more than anything today like the thing that we wanted to communicate is to give you a picture of what generosity looks like and sort of help you to recognize that God is inviting you into that. And the picture of generosity that I get from the early church, the way that they live, it's like they live with an open table in an open house because they all recognize they live under the abundant grace and supply of their heavenly father who will never run out. And if he has not withheld his only son from them, how also will he not therefore give them all things? And that if he has given them the gift of the Holy Spirit, then actually generosity is a birthright. 
of the early church, of a Jesus follower. And I love the picture that I have in my mind is this idea of like all of us gathering together around this table where we experience the love of God together, where we experience the generosity of God together, and where we see that we are the answer oftentimes to one another's prayers. And sometimes that's going to be money. But more often than not, that's going to be generosity that opens a home, opens a door, gets someone shopping for a week because you know they're really struggling or whatever it is. And we step in with a boldness and a faith. God, your table is always full. And I trust in that. And so... Like generosity, as I'm beginning to understand, like the more like I embrace God's view of money, it is a response to this radical, all-encompassing love. And it's an invitation that God gives to every single one of us. And it's really important to understand this, like generosity is a gift. You don't have to earn it. And that's been really, that's been an important part of my journey. We're going to pivot now. We're going to talk a little bit but that's been a really important part of my journey because for so many years I tried to earn being generous I like I almost like wanted to you know beat myself and discipline myself into being a generous person I can wholeheartedly say trying to beat yourself into being a generous person is really unfulfilling and I would encourage you don't don't do it that way like you become generous the more you actually focus your eyes on the love of Jesus and the love of the Father and the love of the Father will make you generous it is not something that you have to force or manipulate you just need to get a different focus and so yeah um, go on yeah yeah no I was just going to say well, just on the back of that the reason we've <laughs> called this given this the subtitle a generous heart is because it Genero that the heart is really where generosity starts. Yes. Yeah. I think, you know, um, we've talked about our mindset in week one. Yeah. We've talked about some practical principles of how to be a good steward last week. Um, and um, kind of, I almost want to call this week the heart of the matter. Yeah. Because ultimately, God invites us into <coughs> a life of generosity yeah. to change and transform our hearts. Yeah. I think there's something that happens in our lives when we hold things freely and lightly. It yeah. changes and transforms who we are. I know at certain points on our journey, generosity has come easy. I know sometimes generosity has been painful um, because it's like, God, if we give this, then what's going to happen? Um, or, more, or, or more selfishly, if we give this, we've got less money for holiday. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, all those kinds of things. But I think when I reflect on um, our journey so far, ultimately, every single time we've had the opportunity to be generous, yeah. that's inside the walls of the church, outside the walls of the church, um, in our families, in our friendship groups. Um, all I can say is it's made our heart bigger. Yeah. And um, this is not, not from the Bible. And it it is October, so I feel I can give this reference. Oh, no. You're but not. you guys know the Grinch. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I thought you were going to mention the other word. And, um, the C one. Where his heart is two sizes too small. Yeah. And he has this experience of 
true generosity and what it means to give, yeah. what it means to be part of a community that is generous. And his heart grows to the right size. Yeah. And again, that's not from the Bible, but I feel like that's what God does in our hearts. Yeah. As we seek to be generous and ultimately we're seeking to reflect who Jesus is, who God is. Yeah. And, um, you know, John three sixteen for God so loved the world, he gave yeah. his only son. And um, you just mentioned before there about the idea of generosity being a gift. Yeah. And I just wanted to take a moment to look at Romans chapter 12. And um, in this little section of scripture, Paul's talking about the fact that the gift, like giving is a spiritual gift. And we're just going to read from verse six in Romans chapter 12, verse six to eight. Paul says this, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If mm. it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. And what Paul's talking about there is something that's referred to as the motivational gifts. And often what we find is that the Holy Spirit gives these gifts yeah. to different members of the body of Christ. And they're often things that really make us come alive. So the reason they're called motivational gifts is that when you put yours in operation, it's like something on the inside of you wakes up. Yeah. Like, you know, you, that feeling you get when you <coughs> do something that you love. Has anyone got like something that just gives their soul absolute life? Like yep. that is what God wants to give each one of us. And in the context of what Paul's talking about here, there's things, there's gifts given within the life of the church. Just ignore Ian, it's going to be fine. Um, <laughs> I'm fine, guys. That's designed to make us come alive. And the reason I just wanted to touch on that specifically in the context of generosity <coughs> is that um, there'll be some people in this room who have the motivational gift of giving. Yes. Like giving is something yeah. that you love to do. Giving is something that makes you come alive. Oh, thank you, Zara. Oh, thank you very much, Zara. Oh. oh. What a legend. Gift. The gift of giving in action, guys. Perfect no, illustration. <laughs> yeah, we planned that beforehand. No, we did not plan that beforehand. <laughs> Carry on. Um, and what we want to do is we want to honour and recognise, well, every single gift, but in the context of this series, yep. we want to say there's, there will be some people in here who have been gifted the gift of giving. Yeah. And it's almost like God's put you in a place of earning capacity, uh, security, whatever it is, so that that gift of giving can be activated in your life to bless the church, to bless the people in your world, to make a way for the kingdom, wherever you put your foot. So I just wanted to yeah. touch on that really briefly. Um, but that's also not to say if you don't have that motivation yes. of giving, you're exempt from generosity. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Like, well, I don't think giving's my gift, so... Yeah, if you are, wor if, if you are trying to discern whether you are a gift Give, if you are a gift-giving person, um, you have this motivational gift, I would like you to consider your attitude towards <laughs> gifts. If you think that giving a gift is the most beautiful and literally makes you tear up... Um, uh, Kat did mention earlier in this this um, season that for my birthday this year, she actually managed to get me a gift where I was like, 
oh my gosh, this is amazing. Um, so like, um, I was very, very thrilled and she was very excited because um, I managed to respond to her yes. gift giving in the way that, that makes her come alive because apparently it, I don't do it. I don't do it well enough. No. I'm sorry. Um, yes, all that to say. <laughs> sorry, guys, that may have been a slight segue. Um, um, we'll be back with you shortly <laughs> after these messages. All that to say, if you don't think you have the motivational gift of giving, we are still called yes. to live a life of generosity. Yes. Um, I just more wanted to highlight there's some people in particular for which giving is a gift that God it's has given you. That we're going to pray at the end for that to be activated and released. Yeah, that's you good. know if you have it because you, you you love you love giving presents. Like I'm someone who once I've done my Christmas shopping, I want to tell everyone straight away what I've bought for them. No, she generally like, does. I can't wait for Christmas Day. I want you to and know I'm, I'm, now. No, 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 she does. And I ha I have to say to her, babe, no. I want the surprise. The surprise is important yes. to me. If I know already, what's the point? Um, anyway. But yes, bearing in mind time. Yeah, yeah. No, no. What do you mean? Um, We're doing really well. We've, we've got a timer on. We've got a timer on. We're doing really well. We've got 15 minutes, babe. Your journey, you're, you, 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 you're someone who doesn't have the motivational gift of giving. What would do you, you mean? Say? <laughs> would that be fair to comment? That would be entirely accurate. <laughs> um, um, I, think, I think it would be fair to say that um, uh, naturally I lack the gift of giving. Um, go on. We... Gonna... Well, I was going to say, like, what in... Go on. So we're quite on the opposite ends of the spectrum. Oh, yeah. I'm a bit like... No, yes, it, we're, we're, we are basically <laughs> the classic... Um, I think the classic couple, like, opposites attract, and then you have to work out how to live yes. together because you're, you're basically entirely opposite people. So what's generosity, cultivating a generous heart, looked like for you as someone who doesn't have that natural inclination mm. towards... Yes. ...being a nice person? So, no... <laughs> <laughs> Preach with your wife, be savagely, brutally, unmasked in front of the entire church. You're welcome, guys. Um, I have met... All I'm going to say is, is, you know, I have many issues. Jesus is working on me. Thanks for your prayers. Um, so, no, absolutely. And, like, I'll just say this very, very briefly, because I think it's important that the context of this is understood. Like, where you lack the gift of giving... Often there is, there is a reason. There's a part of your story for why that is. Um, and that's definitely true of me. Um, although I did experience God coming through for us um, in many supernatural ways, like as a young Christian, I also lived under the incredible insecurity of um, not really knowing whether we would actually have enough money for the month, like pretty much my entire teenage life. Um, and so... And so because my parents were in faith for it, I didn't understand that. I didn't understand what faith looked like in that sense. And so because I didn't have faith for it, I just worried. And so when I kind of like got older, obviously um, for me, I, I very much went on that journey of like money is something that you need to have so that you can be safe and secure. Um, and so, and then God started speaking to me um, about generosity, as God often does. Um, for me, I think the thing that changed my heart was getting a vision for generosity that came from God. Number one, recognize where did my vision for generosity come from? And my vision for generosity came from a fear of I would not have enough. It was basically based entirely in a fear of lack. 
So I'm like, okay, a fear of lack is definitely not healthy. So what is what does healthy look like? And for me, I think there were two sources that helped my vision come alive. Um, and I want to share these because I think for some people, if you don't have the motivational gift of giving, you'll actually often get a vision for generosity, but it'll come in a different way. So for me, um, one of the ways in which I found God speaking to me um, about becoming more generous, and one of the ways in which generosity was kind of like actually birthed in me, um, was through serving. Because I had people in my church who invited me to serve on a team. And actually, because that required me to be um, consistent, and it required me to be at church and begin to organize my life more around being present in the community of faith rather than necessarily just kind of like, as it were, like being at church when it was, um, when it kind of suited me and suited my lifestyle. Um, it was more bringing my lifestyle into that community and saying, okay, God, I want to surrender a little bit of my personal choices so I can actually build this community. Um, and so... As I stepped into that, actually, what I discovered was it was a real joy to serve other people. Now, um, you probably don't know this about me, although some of you probably do. Like, I'm really obsessive about chairs. Like, <laughs> I love chairs. Like, I love chairs being in, like, neat rows. Like, if I'm brutally honest, what I'd really love to do with this room is, is, is I'd love to get out, like, some, some actual kind of, like, uh, you know, you know, sort of, um, like, builders have that chalk string thing. I'd love to get a chalk string thing, put it to the back, and then literally line each chair up perfectly along the chalk string. I have actually considered, um, like, learning coding so that I could put, like, a framework in the roof of, like, little lasers. And then you could just, like, code. You could code a chair setup, and then the lasers would point exactly where the chairs need to be and so that they can be kind of, like, an exact distance apart. Um, Again, like I say, you're welcome that I have, I have, I have moved away from this, <laughs> what I can only describe as obsessive um, aspect of my personality. And I've learned to embrace the freedom and joy that comes with just putting a chair out so that someone can sit on it. I don't oh, know. Oh, that's nice. Um, <laughs> um, I'm not quite sure where this is going. Um, <laughs> this isn't in the notes. It is. So, and here's the thing. The thing about it, though, is, is what, it, what it began to unlock in me is, is a heart of generosity. Because I became, because I was like, I want to do a good job. I want to do this well. But then I, I began to get a vision for, oh, I can generously give something that's a gift for, for me. Like, like, actually, serving, putting out chairs is no difficulty for me. I can do that. And then I found that God began to kind of, like, talk to me. Now... At the time, I didn't realize that God was also kind of going to use this to speak to me about, like, my money. But I found that as I became more generous in terms of more generous with my time, and here's the interesting thing, because remember, what does the Bible say? Time, treasure, talent. So as I, as I surrendered my talent to God, as I surrendered some of my time towards God, God used that as a road in, and this is where it connects, God uses a road in to treasure. He's saying, well, you have seen the way in which I have actually brought part of your heart alive through service, through giving you time towards the church, it's now time for you to step into actually generosity in terms of your treasure, in terms of your money. And then 
That became a key road in. The second thing um, that the church did that really, really helped me was they actually challenged me. So I remember by this point, I was giving my tithe faithfully into the church um, and Vision Builders was coming around. Now, at that point, I'd never given any money into Vision Builders. Like, I might have given like £50 on the day or something like that, but I'd never really thought through, well, God, how much can I actually give? What would a faith gift look like? And so I remember the church. It was a significant uh, Vision Builders offering. We were looking to extend, like, the, the church that I was a part of. And obviously, as I'm sure you can appreciate, all of these, all of these projects need a huge cash investment. So... The church had like, done the figures, they'd done the planning, they'd sought counsel, they'd done all that kind of thing. Um, and I could see that like, God wanted to expand the work of what the church was doing. Um, and then they stood up and they actually encouraged us to participate in that and said, maybe God is speaking to you and God is saying to you, you're somebody who faithfully ties into this church, but God is saying to you, it's time for you to maybe commit to giving something into this particular Vision Builders offering. And in that moment... I remember feeling that same familiar internal struggle. There was the struggle of, but God, what if I don't have enough? But now I had a different voice. Now I had like the words of scripture that were saying to me, you know, I am trustworthy. You can rely on me. I am your father. I know what you need. Trust me in this. And so... And that was really helpful to me because it helped me know, no, I know what the voice of God sounds like. I know what the truth of scripture is. And therefore it allowed me to surrender my fear in that moment and go, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. Um, and I can't begin to tell you like the freedom that comes when you trust God because you know you've heard God and you just obey him. And you're doing nothing more complicated than that. And what I found was, like, come Vision Builders Day, giving that day, like, the level of joy was high. Because I was like, it's just a joy to give. Because I'm giving from a, a healthy place. And I felt my heart grow in that moment. So, yeah, that's how that helped me become more generous. Awesome. Um, yeah, I think I had a bit of a different journey. Um, almost, as we mentioned, we're quite op opposite in many ways. Yeah. Um, I think I grew up towards a natural propensity towards giving. Like, um, I grew up in a household where we would very often have other people around the table. We'd very often be opening our home. Yeah. Um, we'd very often be... I'd very often have generosity modelled to me all the way through my childhood. My parents are incredibly generous. Yeah, they, are. Um, they held a very open home. We'd always have like friends around from school, things like that. And um, I just, and again, similarly along my journey of faith, I remember being so impacted by people's generosity towards me. I remember when I was going to Bible college, there was a lady in our church who um, came up to me a month before I was due to start and said, look, I know you're going to be working part time. I know things are going to be tight. I would like to gift you 200 pounds a month whilst you do your Bible college, and I just remember thinking, when I grow up, I mean, I was already 20-something at that point, but I just remember being so impacted by that and thinking, this is the kind of generosity I want my life to be marked by. Yeah. I want to 
um, as I go forward, as we build our family. Um, I want to live the kind of life that's warm. I want to be this generous. Yeah. And to be able to invest in people's lives in that kind of way. Yeah. Not just into church, but into people's lives and giftings and callings mm. in that kind of way. And it definitely ignited something in me that's yeah. like, I'm a generous person. But then the reverse journey for me has almost been like, oh, okay, so I'm being generous, but now the bank account's empty. And what do I do here? Or I'm very like, oh, I'll get the coffees. Oh, I'll do this. I'll do X, Y, Z. And I do remember thinking, God, like, as you say, you provide seed to the sower, you gift. Yeah. Um, if I'm going to be generous, then you're going to provide for me. And I, I remember God leading me towards this scripture in Isaiah 32, which was um, very mindset shifting for me. Um, in Isaiah 32, verse 8, God says... <sighs> Um, in, in my translation, it says, the noble make noble plans, and by noble deeds they stand. In the New Living Translation, it says, the generous make generous plans, and by generous deeds they stand. And I remember God showing me that verse and realizing, like, oh, if I actually want to be able to be a generous person consistently, continually, for the long term, I actually have to plan to be generous. Oh, who loves a good budget? <laughs> and I actually have to look at our finances, our life, yeah. and figure out and make room for that kind of generosity in our lives. Actually, if, you, if I spend all of our food budget on our household shopping, then I can't just turn up behind someone at the checkout and offer to pay for theirs. No. Like, I actually have to set aside and plan um to be generous yeah and so what that kind of has is has created and continues to create in our marriage is almost like planning margin in the resources that god has given us to in order to be able to be generous yeah that's right so in our practical budget we have like a gifts budget every month that is for things like birthdays, things like those kinds of occasions. Yeah. Um, and then we also have personal budgets that set aside for what we would like to do with that. And I just feel like God more and more saying like, okay, Kat, if you want to carry this spirit of generosity, then what's your plan? Where are your plans in this? And almost measuring, it's something we talked about that very first week of um, my mindset has been more, Okay, not just being so spontaneous with our finances, but actually having that mindset where every single spend that we're making is yeah. like something I'm bringing before God. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Ezra needs some school shoots. I'm bringing this before God. Um, I would like some chocolate <laughs> anyone else make the like half past eight walk to the corner shop on a uh, or more, more accurately you'd like night. to go and vintage and buy something yeah um, but bringing that towards God and thinking okay I want to plan to be a generous person yeah. no absolutely and then the other thing I would say um, again this relates to something I shared in the first week is um, part of my giving yes it's motivated because i want to reflect jesus yeah but also it can be motivated by i'm a very like i like to 
do the right thing yeah. and I like to be seen to be doing the right thing. And there's this really terrifying story in the book of Acts where... Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Ian's, five. Ian's already read about how all the apostles were selling all they had and bringing it to the apostles' feet. And there's this one couple, Ananias and Sapphira, who can go away and read the story. And what they do is they sell everything they had, but they bring half of what they had yeah. to the apostles' feet. But tell them. But tell them it's everything. Yeah. And God literally strikes them down dead in the middle of a room like this. Woo, that is like... That's not Old Testament, guys. That is the book. That's chapter five in the book of Acts. Yeah. And there's part of um, part of cultivating a true heart of generosity for me um, to share quite vulnerably today. Part of me, I have to constantly check: Am I giving this so I look like I'm doing the right thing, or am I giving this out of genuine overflow and genuine response and genuine generosity? Um, something that God's spoken to me about quite a lot is I'm quite uh I have to really fight um like giving reciprocal reciprocally oh yeah for example um she does I, even I, even a couple of weeks most ago mother, by the way. At, at Ezra's birthday I was taking note of like what parents had given and I was thinking right when it's that that when it's that kid's birthday then we need to like reciprocate that gift and then I was like whoa Actually, back up a second. Hang on. Yeah. Generosity, it's not about repayment. Generosity, it's not about um, even trying to match anything. There's no way we could match God's generosity towards us. There's, no. there's no point in even trying. Um, so part of my journey has been almost like cultivating that true heart of generosity yeah. rather than that kind of sense of performance in... No, that's good. Like being seen to do the right thing, Definitely. actually being wholehearted before God. Because the thing with Ananias and Sapphira is that God didn't actually mind that they had only given half. Yeah. But what he minded is that he, they, had, he, they had said they were given everything. Yeah. And yeah. I think... Yeah, because Peter says that, doesn't he? He goes, how dare you lie to the Holy Spirit? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, okay. Um. I think what's really important in my journey of generosity has been mm. alongside cultivating that desire and yeah. motivation and heart to give is yeah. an authenticity with that. Yeah. And that's true to both wisdom with mm. the resources that God's put in our hands, but also true towards yeah. the overflow of my heart rather than the overflow yeah. of what I feel is necessary. That's good. It's really good. Whereas I think, I think for me, like God's always been... Um, drawing me to the bigger picture, like the way in which generosity doesn't just transform my heart, generosity actually creates a platform to transform a city. Yeah. So this kind of recognition that, um, and again, because I'm like a super nerd, like I was reading like stuff, um, there's a guy called um, Julian the Martyr, um, and he was writing about uh, like what the early church was like, this was like in the 300s, and he was writing about the fact that, that like almost like what God had done for them meant that, you know, like, like we have been set free from sin. Mm. You know, God has done this for us. And then it's like, and therefore we can be generous mm. because such generosity has been shown. And then there's, then there's this other story by, um, like, one of the Roman historians. Mm. And he talks about the fact he's moaning about Christians. Um, he 
was trying to persecute them and set them on fire and, you know, all, all the normal things that they did in, like, the 300s to Christians. Um, and he complains about the fact that in one of the cities that the, that the, poor, the poor people are being looked after. He, he, goes, he goes, we don't have any poor people in the city because, you know, the Christians get there before us. Mm. They basically look after all. Mm. They don't just look after the poor people in their community. Mm. They look after the Roman poor people as well. Mm. And he's just like really, really upset about it, about like almost like how dare they? Because, and he's, it's not because he wants to step in and actually help. He's like, look, the reason they're poor is because it is a judgment of the gods, all the rest of this kind of stuff. Uh, and yet here, here are these countercultural Christians coming in and setting them free from the bondage towards like debt and, and the slavery that came with that, like in the Roman Empire. And he's just absolutely outraged. Mm. Um, but then there's other people who they see the early church and they're like, I don't believe what you believe. Uh, I think that stuff about Jesus is literally crazy nonsense. But gosh, you guys are the most generous, loving, outward-focused people that I have ever met. And you realize that a lot, of, a lot of the way in which the early church actually was a witness towards its community was through its radical generosity. And I, can't, I don't know, I, I almost feel like, and that's, I come back to, like I do feel like we're in a really perfect pivot moment in, our, in the, this cultural moment in society where there isn't a lot of money, mm. where actually maybe what Jesus is, is saying to his church is, it's time for us to rise up yeah. and to actually maybe demonstrate a spirit of generosity, you know, for, for our world. So, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Well, we hope that's been helpful today. Again, this whole series, we've just, the heart's been to share our stories. The heart's been to share what God's challenged us about in the, in the hope that the Holy Spirit will perhaps bring some things up for you. So to close today... I just love to pray for us. Yeah. And specifically, I'd like to pray for, for three different things. Firstly, I'd like to pray for people who do feel like they've perhaps got that motivational gift of giving. I'd like to really play, pray for the Holy Spirit to fan that into flame. Yeah. Secondly, um, perhaps as people, and you would identify yourself more on the Ian side of, of the scale, when it comes to thinking about being generous, there's something that makes your hand want to do this. And I'd just really like to invite the Holy Spirit to come and breathe on that and perhaps challenge, perhaps transform. And finally, I'd like to pray for people who currently feel like their finances are a little bit out of control and really seeking wisdom on how to build, like that verse in Isaiah, plan wisdom into their generosity. Yeah. Um, you know, the Bible says in, in James, if anyone lacks wisdom, ask and it will be freely given. Um, so I'd love to pray for that today. Um, yeah. So I'd love to invite you as we close. Um, if you'd like to, close your eyes, open your hands, perhaps as a sign of, to God of saying that you're here and you're available. Yeah, that's good. And Father, we just thank you so much that you're here right now. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that is in us right now and speaking to us. And Lord, we just lift up these three different areas to you. Lord, for people who have that motivational gift of yes, giving. Jesus. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come and breathe on that right now. Uh, give fresh wind in the sails of that gift um, that is there to serve the body of Christ, that's there to advance the kingdom, that's there to show Jesus 
to the world around us. Lord, for anyone who, who is perhaps identifying or sensing that they have that gift, um, let them have confidence in that right now by the Holy Spirit and help them activate that gift all the more in their life with you. Lord, I just lift up anyone right now um, who wants to bring their heart before you, Lord, to have, them, to have you breathe fresh life on it. Um, maybe it's just uh, for the first time, maybe it's a sense of refreshing a commitment to wanting to be generous, but perhaps struggling with that. Lord, I just ask that you would come and set our hearts free. Lord, I ask that you would come and orientate our hearts back to you to be washed again in the fullness of the sense of love and generosity that you've lavished on us, God. And to be filled again with the heart of Jesus. Lord, for anything that's holding us back, in this area of our lives, we just come and lay it down at the foot of the cross right now. Whether it's fear, whether it's that sense of lack, whether it's uh, uncertainty in the future, Lord, we just come and place all of these things in your hands right now. And ask that you would breathe in our hearts and make us more like you. And finally, Jesus, we ask for wisdom with the resources that you have put in our hands. Lord, we want to be a generous people. Help us make generous plans and help us stand firm in those generous plans put right people in our paths to have great conversations, give us great ideas, and give us a surrendered heart, Lord, that we would submit all of our lives to you in the big things and the small, in the big decisions and in the day-to-day. -day. We want to reflect the heart of Jesus. We want to shine our light to the city around us. And we want to stand secure in your love, in your truth, and in your peace. In Jesus' name, everyone said. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a thing. If you'd like to know more, visit our website at c3sunderland.church or follow us on Instagram at c3sunderland. We'll see you next time.